This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Hi, it's uh, Pat and Stu. I'm Pat, and that's Stu. And uh, then you got the blob. The blob over there. Yo. That's like, actually would be a good uh, sign. Uh, the blob? The and blob. Yeah. You know, just yeah, uh, would. in the future. Mm-hmm. That's something we can, we can work in the rotation, I think. Okay. Just, I uh, like it. Just helping you out. I'm not saying anything about you. I'm just saying that that would be a funny sign. I understand. I heard what you said. It's not a reflection on you. It's just, uh, well, I mean, there's, there'd be, well, I guess there could be some connection you know, based on the sign behind you now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. Uh, there's an executive order that will begin construction of the border wall. Yeah. How about that? Uh, President Donald Trump will be announcing executive orders on border security uh, today including that which would begin construction on the border wall with Mexico. He seemed to confirm the report uh, with his official Twitter account. Big day planned on national security, all in bold letters. Uh, So, you know, he said it really loudly and really strongly. Um, National security. So it sounded like that if he were talking. Among many other things, we will build the wall. Uh, it's interesting because both Pat and I are on record on national television and radio mm. saying that we will eat our underwear. Uh, and <laughs> I believe, I don't know if we said gym socks for that one, but I don't think our, we did. Eat our underwear if mm-hmm. he builds the wall. And then we said, you know what? We'll give him 5% of the wall uh, that he doesn't even have to build. But he, doesn't, he just has to come close to building the wall. Right. Um, and d- I don't feel nervous. Not a bit. No. Not a bit. No. So we'll see. I mean, I'm, I, he will build something. Uh, because he will want to say that he built the wall, um, and he will say, I built it in all the important mm. places, but he will not build a wall across and the And he will border. say, okay, so it wasn't a wall, it was a fence, and the uh, fence was a foot and a half high. 
and people just step over it now. But I built something there, and nobody else has, or whatever. I mean, look, this is a no-lose situation for us, because if he doesn't build the wall, we don't have to eat our underwear. If he does build the wall, that's what we want. And it's worth it to us to eat our underwear we want it so badly. So... It's a win-win. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Not I'm especially good it. if he builds the wall. I want yes, him be to build the wall. I mean, I, you know, I would, I would actually prefer a fence, uh, personally. Uh, a fence yeah. over a wall? Yes. Uh, I like the, uh, the Duncan Hunter uh, built a, what you would yeah, pretty much Duncan call. Yeah, Duncan Hunter wall was the double fence. Thing. Yeah, the double fence with a road in between. Um, and uh, worked really well. It worked really well. You know, I mean, I do not think you need... I mean, you know, a wall fence. I know it's not necessarily that important, but I, I think I'd a rather save the cost. I think it would be, be mm-hmm. just as effective to build a fence. And uh, also, I don't know if I need a. Oh, I know he calls it beautiful, and, but I, I don't think the idea of a beautiful. For, I mean, he he was describing it during the campaign as a forty-foot wall across the entire border. Um, now we didn't give any uh, any uh, you know any uh you know standard for the height he doesn't necessarily have to build it 40 feet that's just what he was talking about during the campaign mm-hmm. but i don't really want a 40 foot wall on the border with mexico i just don't i don't know it's just like this is something i just don't like about it i'd rather have a fence i think a fence is just as effective it's certainly a lot cheaper and i, I think better you know what a wall would be is just a nice graffiti holder yeah can you <laughs> imagine what be... that thing would look like especially oh, on the man. mexican side oh uh, my gosh uh, in a month would not be pretty. Uh, it really wouldn't. And you're not going to be able to b- build a wall in some places. And that's why I, I was a little perplexed that he kept saying a wall. I mean, if you're going to build something, it's going to be a fence. You're not, you're not going to... The wall will be cost prohibitive. They're already talking about $12 billion to build the wall. $12 billion. Now, the double fence is expensive, but it's nowhere near that kind of money. And you don't have to worry about the aesthetics. It's a double fence. It's to keep people out. Shut up. Let's not worry about it. And it's not going to get graffitied. Right? No, well, yeah. Nobody it's, it's, it's pretty ineffective to yeah. chain link fence. Graf- yes. Put graffiti on it. So, anyway, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Um, Trump told his aides that the wall remains top priority, and he will personally oversee aspects of the project uh, and the construction. That'd be interesting. Get him down there at the, wall, at the border with a hard hat. Looking well, at the various aspects. You know, to him, he's the biggest, you know, the best builder in the world. Yeah, he and, is. Uh, you know, so he, he, I mean, he would obviously, that's one thing he actually does have some experience with as part related to this job. Right. Um, not that I right. necessarily want him overseeing, I mean, it's kind of a small, a small potatoes, I guess, for him to be overseeing the actual For the president to do that, but yeah. He, but he does, I mean, you know, maybe this is a good sign that he'd want to get it done and it would get done. At mm-hmm. least, I mean, I do expect him to do something, right? I mean, he can't go yeah. through this whole campaign. He has to, right? I, maybe he can. I don't know. Maybe he can. I would think he has to do well, I would say it's possible. Here's what I think he's going to do. Say he built the wall and then just, when people go mm. down and take pictures of it, he'll just say they're fake. <laughs> I would not put that past. That's a way to do it. There's a wall covering the entire border. When you go down and you cross the border with no wall, he'll just say, I built it. It's beautiful. Finished it two weeks ago. Well, no, people were just down there. They're lying. It's the press. Yeah, I could see him doing that. Can you see him doing that? Uh, Anyway, he's also expected to order temporary bans on uh, refugees. Uh, starting today, include a, a temporary ban on most refugees and a suspension of visas for citizens of Syria 
six other Middle Eastern uh, and African countries, according to congressional aides. Uh, Trump, you know, of course, tweeted that it's a big day, uh, has, uh, is expected to ban for several months the entry of refugees, except for religious minorities escaping prosecution. Would, would that include Muslims from terrorist nations? No, well, not with minorities, right? No. Religious minorities, that's his little... Oh, of course, there. yeah. So, so he's saying as, maybe Christians from mm -hmm. that region would still be, uh, you know, if they're escaping persecution, maybe they can be the ones that uh, arrive here in the United States. Uh, but although he, during the campaign, said he would not do that. I don't know that, I think he did reverse, I don't remember which, uh, which particular, uh, you know, stance he kind of ended on on that one. But I know at mm -hmm. the beginning he was saying, well, because initially he said no Muslims. Then he said he made some exceptions for like celebrities. Then he <laughs> said uh, he um, wanted it to be a situation where he wanted after people talked to him, he found it falling back to only certain regions of the countries. So mm -hmm. it was like, oh well, you know, not not Syria because Syria there's obviously a lot of terrorism, so no one from Syria. So that would catch obviously in that bucket all the Muslims, but it would also uh, catch Christians who uh, were trying to escape Muslim extremists. Um, and I think that was a problem with that one. I don't know where he added on that policy. Then there was the there. extreme vetting. It seemed like that was yeah. Then we that's to where they vetting. wound up. Sort of was extreme. So they vetting. can come, but it's just extreme vetting. Yeah, but if if they do a temporary ban, that's that's interesting. He's he's going to get a lot of flack for that. Um, speaking of flack, a Secret Service agent is saying now she would not take a bullet for Donald Trump, which is kind of a problem if you're a. Uh, Secret Service agent working on the presidential detail. They expect you to uh, to be willing to do that. Uh, but she says she wouldn't. Uh, she's made public uh, multiple public criticisms of Trump on Facebook over the past seven months. She said she'd rather go to jail than take a bullet for Donald Trump. Yeah, uh, she mm. obviously supported Clinton, uh, decried Trump's sexism. Uh, in an interview with the Washington Examiner, she said uh, she eventually removed the Facebook post she did not, since she did not want to imply that she would not take a bullet for Trump. Of course, she didn't imply it. She actually just she said, said it. it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was an internal struggle for me, but as soon as I put it up, I thought it was not the sentiment I needed to share. You think? I care very deeply about the mission. Mm. She also said that someone who's sexually, uh, who was sexually, she said that as someone who was sexually assaulted in college, her post was an emotional reaction to a leaked mm. audio recording from 2005, the old grabbing the genitals, uh, Billy Bush thing. That's um, understandable. I will say, uh, probably should not be uh, secret service. At least I don't. I was going to say on a secret service, maybe mm -hmm. there's a role, but it should, certainly should not be pr uh, protecting the president. I mean, I, you can't have someone who even insinuated mm -hmm. that in a, in a post that was a mistake. doesn't mean necessarily right. she needs to go to prison or to go uh, to lose her job even. But, I mean, she should probably at least be moved to a different Nowhere place. near Trump, that's yeah, for sure. You can't. She is, I think, right? She, was, she actually was, uh, uh, worked in Denver, I think, or in Colorado, right? I think she was one of the... <laughs> I'm not sure where that, she worked. Yeah, I think she was one of the people that. Uh, like I said, so it's not an issue. Make sure it's not a day to day. Right. Issue, like if right. she goes, but if he goes to Denver, it's an issue. Right? Sure, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I think in those situations, I think you'd have to come up with somebody else. I mean, that's as, as much as I'm sure she would take a bullet. I'm sure she would say that, and I'm sure she means it. If you outwardly say you're not going to do your yeah. job, you can't risk it. I mean, hey, let's hope she doesn't have to. And B, yes. bye. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, also, there's a, a uh, an article out now about why the White House, under Barack Obama, picked mm. uh, Anita Dunn 
to go to war with uh, with Fox. Yeah, this is a little bit of a flashback, which is interesting because now the media is very upset that Donald Trump would go after certain individual reporters or networks mm -hmm. and, and single them out. Mm -hmm. um, and th that was not their concern back in the day. This is from, I think, uh, I think it's New York Magazine. Uh, this weekend, this is back from 2009, White House Communications Director Anita Dunn forthrightly declared war on Fox News. Some people thought she might have gone a little too far in explaining uh, the understanding of the Obama administration that they didn't deal directly with the right-leaning network. One almost, ex uh, almost expected to see a clarification of the remarks afterwards as Fox anchors like Bill O'Reilly and Glenn Beck uh, gleefully ran with a story. <laughs> but of course, Dunn's statements had been carefully scripted by the Obama team, as is pretty much everything you hear from them except things that are supposed to be off the record. And what's more, Dunn herself was selected to fire off the opening salvo for a specific reason. On a strategy team largely dominated by men, she's acknowledged to be the toughest member. Goes on and on about how they, in the Obama White House, decided they were just going to wage war against uh, Fox News and mm -hmm. uh, try to freeze them out of everything, attack them whenever necessary, not treat them like a real media organization. All of the things that Donald and they Trump, did all of that. Yep, all the things, and they went further and actually uh, had people in the administration boycotting and advocating for boycotts of Glenn specifically. Mm -hmm. um, but all of the same things that Donald Trump is now doing to them and the other people in the media, and no one seems to really care. No one seems to care that, that the Obama administration did the same thing back in 2009. Now, I don't think it's right they for They care either. now, surprisingly. Yeah, they care now. All they of a sudden, now. they're all upset about that. Yeah. How now, dare he? He is going further hmm. in that he's attacking more, more networks. He's not just attacking one network, but more importantly, he's not just attacking one network that the left and the rest of the media doesn't like. He's right. now attacking their friends, now attacking mm -hmm. them, and they don't like that approach. Um, they certainly deserve that approach. Uh, however, I would say I don't like it in either situation. I mean, I, you know, from the, remember that one thing that we have to keep clear here is that both uh, Donald Trump and Sean Spicer work for us. It's their job to try to get us information about all the crap that they're doing, um, good and bad, at the White House. And so, you know, media wars don't serve that end. You know, them attacking specific networks and not doing interviews and freezing people out, I understand why you do it. I would be tempted to do it if I was in their position. But again, these are jobs that are supposed, we, we pay the salaries so that they serve the people. And I don't like that this becomes the game that we're all involved in. But that is where we are and both sides do it. It sure doesn't seem like they work for us, does it? It just seems now like uh, the tables have turned and they've, they've they turned a long time ago. But it seems like we're their servants now. Like we are supposed to serve the administration. Like we serve the government. It's, it just doesn't feel like a government of, by, and for the people anymore. It does not at all. Uh, not well, I mean, you, you, we, we had a clip uh, earlier, um, and I think it might be in the show. Do we have the Kellyanne Conway clip somewhere, Marissa, today? Because um, oh, um, there's a clip uh, from Kellyanne Conway where she says... The media and Donald Trump have joint custody of the nation. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? No, Kellyanne, that's no. not the case. That is not true at all. Exactly her words, that, that the Trump administration and media are, have joint custody. Now, the headline went further because it said they co-parent. I never heard her say that, but they, she did say joint custody of the nation. As if they are our parent and they tell us what to do, and they control us. And none of that is the way this government was set up. None of it. And you would think Kellyanne Conway, who began her 
at least this portion of her career with Ted Cruz, and who is a, a small, limited government guy, you would think she would know better, wouldn't you? You would I think mean, she wouldn't be saying incendiary things like that. It's just her job, right? I mean, I, I you guess know, you know. I mean, it's, I guess it's crazy. I, that though. is, by the way, is not an excuse for her. It's an explanation. Yeah, uh, I do not excuse her activities here at all. I know a lot of people do. Um, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, even the Saturday Night Live caricature of her is, oh, I can't believe I'm in the middle of this mess and I have to do this. I, I mean, isn't that just a BS point? Yes. She obviously likes it. Yes. I mean, she obviously is in the middle of this mm. and enjoys it for whatever reason. Um, and, you know, t- twisting people's words and, and lying about this stuff and saying things like that, I mean, that is that is not something that someone who even has even, I don't know, been in the same state as the Constitution uh, would ever consider to be a rational thought. It's then, what Trump demands, though, but it's from what his Trump, people. Trump demands. In fact, that's uh, you know, we actually have this coming up. Maybe we can do this in a minute. A really interesting analogy of what Trump expects of his people, like Kellyanne Conway, like Sean Spicer. Uh, and you see this, I think, in a real way uh, every single day now mm-hmm. because Trump, I mean, th- th- there's a real, th- there's been several reports now that Trump, was very upset at Sean Spicer because of his initial press conference, which was kind of a disaster. And he came out and made ridiculous claims about the, the crowd size. But what Trump was pissed off about is that Spicer didn't go far enough. Spice, Spicer didn't attack the press enough. Oh, we got to get was, to that. He was reading from his paper. He was All reading right. from his speech instead of just saying it. He, you know, and this is the thing. If you're Sean Spicer, Trump obsesses. About those things. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, that's the it's thing, the worst thing you can do. You can, I would hate that do. job. I, for all the things about Spicer, and we'll get to some of them here in a minute, I would hate to have that gig. That's coming up in a second. Uh, meantime, yeah. why, don't you, uh, why don't you finally do what you're told? You okay? don't, don't tell me what's it. Stu and I have been trying to co-parent you for a long time. We have joint custody not, of you as a listener. We, we have joint custody, and we're trying to tell you to take some positive steps so that you can rely on yourself and not us all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay? We can't do, we're not always going to be there. Well, eventually we you're going to be on we, your but own. We love them so much. We do love you so much. But we but know what? Tough love is going to come. And, and right? when there's a disaster, we might not be there to, might not to be give there. you. If uh, there's a hurricane in your area, a tornado, earthquake, you know, you lose your job. Well, we're not going to be there, you know. Yeah, you can't live in, in, in mommy and daddy's house. At least not with food, right? Well, no, we're not going to be there no. with food. We'll be so. there to broadcast your pain, but we won't be there for food. <laughs> Get four weeks of easy to prepare food for only $99 plus free shipping. Yeah, uh, that's what my Patriot Supply does for you. Now, they, really they are not your too. parent either. No, they're not. You're having a willing uh, transfer, a, a good, nice trade of mm-hmm. things that make each side happy. Uh, and that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's supposed to be what our country uh, is based on. And we've tried to set the example for you. We've, we've tried to show you the uh, way not to do it by getting huge buckets of food, like, I mean, barely food, wheat, barley, beans, rice. I mean, do you want that? You don't want that. You know, you just open up a bucket and start eating handfuls of rice. But if you know better than mom and dad, then don't uh, call 888-411-5290. Fine. Right. Don't go to preparewithablaze.com. See if we care. Triple eight four eleven fifty two ninety or preparewiththeblaze.com.
Sean Spicer uh, is the uh, White House press guy now, and uh, he has had a you know, rough start. It's been a little bit of, a little bit bumpy. Um, one of the big things he did was try to claim that, uh, you, you know, try to back up the president's belief that three to five million vote people voted illegally, um, something that he would not agree to because I don't, you know, he obviously does not actually believe it himself. He was actually. Um, he was supposed to further the argument and say, like, 30 to 40 million yeah. people. President Trump <laughs> is under, underselling it. But, I mean, all the available evidence shows this is not true. Let me read the, this article. This is, uh, all available evidence suggests the 2016 general election was not tainted by fraud or mistake. Governor Snyder uh, of, of Michigan has said so. Uh, so has the Obama White House. Even the chief counsel to second-place finisher Hillary Clinton concedes there is no evidence of any tampering that would warrant a recount or lawsuit. Um, I mean, that's not really actually an article. Uh, this article is actually the words of Trump's own lawyers in a filing about the recount. Trump's own lawyers say there is no evidence to back up this claim. Yet he oh still gosh, keeps that is spouting it. Unbelievable. This guy is Utterly just... amazing. And, and here's the thing. He won the election. He won. He's the president, and it's still not enough. Because there's that little thing that just he can't take that somebody beat him in the popular vote. I think I think he would have rather have won the popular vote than the electoral. Now, he wouldn't be president, but he could say he would love that. I'm obviously more popular than she is. Yeah, I, I, it was it was taken from me. I, it was stolen. I, I, it was rigged. We got to fix this system. Well, that's what, and of course, that's what he said in 2012. Right. Uh, he was saying how the electoral college was stupid and it should be eliminated for a popular vote. The fact uh, that he lost the popular vote really is driving really him out of his mind. But what he tweeted about was wow. a little bit different than saying talking about this election, right? Because his, his tweet was major investigation into voter fraud, including those registered to vote in two states those who are illegal, and even those registered to vote who no, are dead. This is definitely his fallback so, position. I understand. Uh, I'm, right. just, I'm just making sure that we understand. You know, that's I, what I, yeah, he's I said going. that on radio today. I yeah. mean, he's not saying, his big investigation is not saying that he's going to find any bunch of legal votes. Mm -hmm. What he's saying is there are people who are on uh, incorrectly on the vo voting rolls, one of which he would know when he looked down the hall at Steve Bannon, who was, in, <laughs> who was, under, who was registered to vote in two different states and should not be. Um, you know, yes, mm. this happens. I mean, I might, I don't even know. I, I might very, I probably am. We've moved so many times. Am I registered in multiple states? Probably. Absolutely. I don't vote in those yeah, states. Yeah, it's not like anybody calls up the registrar yeah. in, in a former state and says, hey, uh, make sure you scratch me from the rolls. You don't do no, that. No, you don't do that. I just so, moved to Texas and I vote in Texas. Could they have made a mistake? Sure. I mean, they, I don't know. I don't know when I sign up in Texas if they are successfully always alerting the other states. I don't know if they even attempt to do that, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. The, the bottom line is, know. yeah, there's a lot of people who are registered incorrectly. There are a lot of people when they die, they, for whatever reason, don't get taken off the rolls immediately. That doesn't mean that those votes are being cast. That's a huge difference, a huge mm. difference. One that obviously Donald Trump understands, but just specifically goes out there and denies the knowledge so he can try to look right to his conspiracy websites that uh, follow him and, and praise him for every move that he makes. It's really pathetic. I mean, frankly, pathetic. Um, now, Sean Spicer at least gets paid to do it. Sean Spicer at least gets paid by Donald Trump to go out there and lie for him. Um, he had this uh, interesting article uh, today uh, in, uh, by Jack Schaefer talking about, um, his, uh, about how Sean Spicer wins by losing. 
Saturday, Spicer went to the briefing room on a suicide mission to present his no questions will be asked claim that to the Trump inauguration's in-person attendance was the largest ever when it obviously wasn't. On Monday, a less shrill and almost self-effacing Spicer returned to the ring to spar in a more conventional manner with reporting, attempting to make uh, jokes but fumbling when he said, I think sometimes we can disagree with the facts, <laughs> which he obviously meant. Uh, I think sometimes we can disagree about the facts. Even so, Spicer sought against all good evidence to restate his boss's dearly held position that Friday's inaugural was the most watched when it obviously wasn't. <laughs> On Tuesday, Sean invited another meeting when he insisted that a Pew study supported the president's assertion that great numbers of non-citizens could have voted in the election uh, when they obviously didn't as a primary uh, author of the study he tweeted uh, in real time. In a conventional administration, Spicer would have been as I turn the page, would have been shredded by now and recycled to the American Beverage Association to serve as its spokesman. Now, I will say, I love the American Beverage Association, and I don't appreciate that part of the story. Okay, Was they, he they part of the American Beverage Association I at any time? I don't know. I don't know, but I love it. So it's interesting. Because didn't work. they say they're going back, that he would be going back to them? Right. Um, so Trump hasn't required Spicer to uh, submit to physical punishment yet, but it's the job of every presidential uh, secretary to finesse the misstatements and gaffes made by the boss. But no podium pounder in recent memory has been asked to do what Spicer has been asked to do. Apply a gloss to baseless conspiracy theories that have already been debunked and retail it to reporters. Reporters are onto the Spicer gamut already, no more than uh, NPR's Mara Liaison. Liaison. Um, uh, on Monday, she slyly asked him to name the unemployment rate. Uh, and that should be easy for a president. But, of course, Trump has been saying it's 40-something percent. Now, there are measures in certain communities where it's high. If you use an expanded measure of unemployment, there's some nugget of truth based back in there. There's obviously to the talk about the uh, labor participation rate. But the fact that the, the, the guy who's uh, you know, supposed to communicate with the press can't even tell you what the unemployment rate is because it would disagree with his boss is a real problem. Um, he goes on to, uh, I mean, it's a really good story, and I, I kind of, I mean, he's obviously coming at it from an anti, uh, he doesn't like Spicer and Trump in the way they're doing this, um, but I kind of like the, the analogies he makes through here, and it's a really, you know, well-written piece. This part caught my eye, though. Um, uh, let's see. Of course, I'm trying to find it here. Uh, here we go. Uh, you, might be beyond, you might be right to say that Spicer can't go on like this, cleaning up one Trump uh, mess after another, but only making them messier. But you'd also be wrong, because if, as we've noted, this is not a conventional administration. To return to the sports metaphor, for, Sean Spicer doesn't suit up in a champion's uniform. He dons the shorts and jersey of the Washington Generals, the klutzy team that played fixed exhibition matches against the Harlem Glo Globetrotters and almost always lost. Did they actually win? Some games? He says almost always lost. They must have won some game at some point. Like Spicer, the Generals won by losing. After losing, the Generals would go to bed, wake up, and win again the next day by losing even more disastrously. How did the Generals win by losing? For one thing, nobody expected them to win. Their defeat was in integral to the greater game plan, part of their service to a higher power, specifically the Globetrotters. Their job was to put on a good show, to be abused by the Globetrotters until the buzzer sounded. Nobody who understands Trump expects Spicer to beat the press in the briefing room um, uh, as he understands his boss's, uh, as he defends his boss's latest nutbag idea, only to keep the ball in pl a plausible play until time is called and cameras dim. Like the general, Spicer must put up a fight that's good enough to deflect attention from the president so he can skate on to his next demonstration of nutbaggery. Um, I... <laughs> I mean, that is a good explanation of that, of not only Sean Spicer, but that job. 
I do yeah. think it's worse with Spicer because, you know, Trump, he lives in his own world on this stuff. And he says things that are obviously completely wrong. And he doesn't care if people call him out on it. Like, I mean, he cares, but he doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't feel the need to defend the truth. He just feels the need to defend his position. And that's a, t- a totally different thing. Where before, even with the Obama administration and the Bush administration and the Clinton administration, there had to be some tie. They'd come up with a really bad argument, uh, but at least they were trying to acknowledge what the truth was. Here, it's just straight out denial. I honestly think that they would say, we have a border wall the entire time. It's across the entire country. We go down and take a picture, and they'd say that was, that, that was before we built it. That was before we built it. Well, no, right. here's a timestamp. You, you faked that timestamp. Right. Uh, well, no, but it's a timestamp, and, and, and we brought the Pope in to clarify it. The Pope was against me in the election. Like, there's always something else. There's always another layer. There's always another complaint uh, from these guys to say someone else is in on the conspiracy. Um, and, you know, look, I, Trump has done some good things um, so far. I, we've praised him for them. But, I mean, this is inexcusable nonsense from somebody that we pay. It's inexcusable nonsense. And I understand that he thinks this is his job, but, I mean, that's no excuse. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I couldn't live with myself. Uh, for example, it would be very easy for us to have sat here and praised Donald Trump the entire time. Uh, that's what a lot of talk show hosts did. Um, you know, really? And they said, you know what? Name one. Uh, no. Name, name two. Uh, my, point, my point, though, is that, uh, well, Laura Ingram, I'll give you one. She, she certainly praised him the whole time. But you can't name four. She was a supporter. Um, I think from the beginning. And, and, can and you I'm name sure. two? I think you're right about Laura Ingram. Who's another one? But that you can my think point of? is, if I could just quickly, uh, quickly finish, uh, is I was trying to that, accentuate your first point. Right, I know. I, I'm about I'm done with that. You know, was there two uh, though? <laughs> the point is uh, that yes, there's there there are more than two. Um, really? But the, the the issue here, I think, I, well, actually, I mean, it was a, like, let's put it this way: yeah. 97% of talk radio, to <clears> use the global warming statistic, supported Donald Trump. Even when he made, uh, some people were critical of him. There was consensus. You know, Mark, Mark, Mark Levin's a good example of this. He voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. He's not a supporter. He fought viciously against him. And mm-hmm. when, uh, when it came down to him being the nominee, he said, I'll vote for him. Uh, but he continued to criticize him throughout the campaign. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a level of honesty. He said, you know mm-hmm. what, it's a better option here um, than Hillary Clinton, but I'm still going to be critical when I can be critical. There are a lot of people who didn't go down that road. Um, and I think... I just, I have, I, I, I He have. named Laura Ingram. I named oh. Laura Ingram. Laura Ingram is a big one? supporter. She was on stage and everything with him. Mm-hmm. My point, <laughs> however, uh, is, I don't even remember what it, was, it is now. Um, my point is just that, you know, that was, that's an easy way to go. And you could say, well, it's my job to please a right-wing Republican audience, so I have to say these things. Right. But, I mean, if that's you, mm. rethink your life. Right? I mean, you, this, is, this used to be, at one point, when, I know when I got into this, this line of work, uh, many years ago, that was what was put on the pedestal. What was put on the pedestal is the person who said, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you want me to say. Screw off. I'm saying what's true. That is what used to be on the pedestal. Now what is on the pedestal is who could come up with the best argument to back Donald Trump? Who can come up with the best justification to back the nonsensical thing he just said? Mm-hmm. That has become the new circus trick of talk radio, and I don't want any part of that. I like the old way. L- call me a conservative, if you will. A person who wants to conserve the old things from talk radio, where people would come out and say the things that they actually believed and said, screw you to the audience if you thought they were wrong. That's what I wanted as a listener 
first and foremost, and secondly, as a host. That's what I mm -hmm. want. And uh, if you don't want that, obviously there's plenty of other places to go, as you've probably noted. Indeed. Indeed. You know, as, as, you, as you were talking, uh, an important uh, question developed. Okay. And that's uh, whether the Washington or New Jersey generals have ever beaten the Harlem yes. Globetrotters. Yes, yes. And that's what I've been desperately searching <laughs> oh, okay. for now. Because I'm, I'm they probably have. fascinated by that. And I think, by mistake, they probably have a time or two. I, I can't find the actual results, but I did find that they've played in 26,000 exhibition games. Oh, my God. More than 26,000 for the Harlem Globetrotters. I will say this might help you. Wow. On this uh, particular story from uh, Politico, yeah. uh, when it says... Uh, he dons the shorts and jersey of the Washington Generals, the klutzy team that played fixed exhibition matches against the Harlem Globetrotters, who almost always mm. lost. Lost is a link. So I got to oh, believe that's okay. probably linking to the evidence I'll that they didn't it, yes. always lose. Jeff, yes. can you uh, search that out? Or Marissa, somebody? Okay. I, can't I can't click it because it's a printed paper. And then it, and uh, then it kind of occurred it. to me, did you ever go to the, you went to Globetrotter games, yeah, no sure. doubt. Mm -hmm. um, I did too. Uh, they actually made their way to the mean streets uh, uh, when I was a kid. And uh, that was when Meadowlark Lemon was the, okay. the main guy. Yeah. Awesome. I think Just he was awesome. when I was there, when yeah. I saw him hey, I mean, he was yeah. for a long yeah. time. And I, uh, I don't know that. Uh, there's been anybody better than Meadowlark Lemon. And I, th I think we lost him. I think he's gone now. But as I remember back, I used to be a huge fan. I used to think that they were kind of real and maybe the best basketball team in the world uh, until I grew up and realized, nah, it's all fake. Kind of like a world wrestling, you know? Uh, but it seems to me that they actually did play NBA teams at one point. Um, and, and I was looking at the, uh, just a quick Wikipedia search, shows that they won the World Basketball Tournament in 1940, defeating the Chicago Bruins 31-29. to That's a low scoring So ball there game. you go. Um, I'm getting in my ear here that uh, actually six times yep. from the 19, Generals From 1953 to 1995, uh, they lost more than 13,000 games, winning only six. Oh, the generals? Yeah. Okay. So they won six games. Six games. And the last one was in the 70s, right? Yeah, 71. Yeah. Early 70s. I mean, what, so <laughs> something <laughs> like thir the Globetrotters record then would have been like 13,006. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's not bad. That's, that's acceptable. That's, that's not bad. A decent record. I wonder how those that's things happen. That's interesting. I mean, did they just say like occasionally we've got to let these guys win at the beginning? Or when they were do they play so as... bad that the generals just happened to... But like what I remember about the Globetrotters, at least, and this is probably the early 90s when I saw them, maybe late 80s. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what I remember is there would be segments of the game. Right. So it would be like six minutes of actual basketball where they were playing generally hard, though they would, they would not play great defense. They'd let them right. dunk sometimes. But yeah. the generals would try to score yeah, yeah. too, and it would actually be a real – and then there would be three They'd minutes. They'd come down and like, just play real basketball right. and just shoot the ball. And, yeah, and yeah. then the, the Globetrotters would obviously do their crazy stuff and not get mm -hmm. called for traveling. Right. Uh, but but they, it was actual right. basketball. Like they would not, it, was yeah. not like, it was not like every trick. Then there'd be like they'd like stop down into these two and three minute choreographed routines. And they do sometimes they do where like, they put the ball they under the their shirts. Field and, goal from right. Oh from yeah, exactly. All that center stuff. court and which, all that, which, which was fun. like a point where they fun. would outscore the generals by like fifteen points. Yeah. Um, because it was all choreographed for a few minutes, mm -hmm. and then they go back to playing basketball again. Yes. And I wonder if maybe yeah. the, like a couple times they, it would be interesting to see if they just got pissed sometimes, just like screw it, let's just beat these guys today. That would be funny. <laughs> 
I would like to know if that was ever supposed to happen or if they did it just because they were pissed. I want to believe they were just pissed. I, I do too. My guess is I do too. My guess is that at the beginning of the Globetrotters, they were trying to pull off the idea that these were real games. Yes. Um, so they occasionally mm. they'd have these stories where they would win. And as it got later into the 80s and 90s, it was like, all right, everybody knows they're going to lose. Just, just like wrestling. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. started out saying, yeah, this is real. Yeah. Really? And nobody gets hurt? Huh. Or some nights they, you know, some nights Meadowlark Lemon would say, some nights like one <laughs> like one in every Every 7,000 games. games. Uh, every 2,000 games he would say, yeah. uh, if we lose, I'll take 18 pies to the face. And so they lose and he takes 18,000 pies oh, to the face okay. in front of the all crowd. Right. Okay. I, I don't know, I'm just guessing. You, wait, you just made like a that. specific guess about people taking 18,000 pies to the face? Yeah. That's such a specific... If that's right, that's just, incredible. Just I mean, yeah. the fact that you just Im- I, I, imagine that... If I was them, I would do that. Amazing. Well, you just like pie. It's a marketing. I mean, didn't you ever get the bucket of, uh, of water that was paper all cut up on you, the confetti thrown at you? At the well, they do, they yes, the game, but that yeah, had yeah. nothing to do with pie. Uh, more Pat and Stu coming up no, in a didn't. second. Oh, Speaking we of have pie, why don't pie. we have pie? pie. We mentioned pie. We mentioned pie, and, uh, and constitutionally we should have pie. Yeah, yeah, the other day was day. National yeah. Pie Day this week. That's right. Yes. Oh. Where's the pie? Have you guys been to Emporium Pies in Dallas? Oh, yeah? Oh, my God. Really good? It is Pat and Stu, triple eight seven two seven. Back. We were just talking about Sean Spicer a minute ago, um, and how he wins by losing, like the Harlem Globetrotters, or no, the New Jersey uh, Generals or Washington Generals. I don't know why they switched uh, areas there. You ever heard of why the Generals went from Jersey to Washington or vice versa? I, I don't really I know. I feel like I remember them as Washington. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean. I think I saw them as both. But anyway. Uh, Spicer's, uh, Spicer has been apparently fighting, as we've told you a couple of times, with Dippin' Dots, uh, for five years, but he just denied that, uh, he gave ice cream as a gift to the press score. This is a, he ruined the one good moment, uh, basically. So here's what happened. So we were laughing about how Spicer had just been tweeting for five years that, uh, Dippin' Dots are not the ice cream. Which was a great moment. Really funny. It's brilliant. Uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, Dippin' Dots not the ice cream of the future, and he did it multiple times. One of the which, the last mm. which time or the last time he did it was, he said if Dippin' Dots were the ice cream of the future, they would have shipped enough vanilla to the Washington National game, uh, Washington Nationals game I'm at. Um, first of all, which seemingly indicates that he actually likes Dippin' Dots, right? Like, why would he be upset that they didn't have vanilla if he didn't like it? Yes, he actually seems unless to actually it's the like only ice cream you can get. The game, and then, then he'd so be what? pissed. Well, yeah, but so what? I mean, uh, yeah. if you don't like them, you're not going to order them. Uh, it's probably true. You know, so that's kind of it was a weird thing. But anyway, so I thought Dippin' Dots was pretty funny about it. Instead of instead of you know getting, getting all pissy mad or doing what most companies do, which is to say we don't care about the way you hate the way you hate Mexicans, that we will we're gonna stand <laughs> yes. up and protest and resist. Yeah, thank so you. they actually did something I thought cool. That was pretty cool, which was. 
Uh, Dear Sean, we understand that ice cream is a serious matter and writing I have your favorite ice cream flavor can feel like a national emergency. We've Mm -hmm. seen your tweets and would like to be friends rather than foes. After all, we believe in connecting the dots. That's that's great, though. Uh, Yeah, it is. Pardon the ton. Besides the pun. Right, yeah. That's great stuff. It is. As you may or may not know, Dippin' Dots are made in Kentucky by hundreds of hardworking Americans in the heartland of our great country. As a company, we're doing great. We've enjoyed double-digit growth in sales for the past three years. Hard to believe. That means, well, I think they just had a really bad point when Spicer was tweeting about them, and Mm -hmm. they bounced back a little bit. Mm -hmm. That means we're creating jobs and opportunities. We hear that's on your agenda, too. Good stuff. We even uh, can, we can even afford to treat the White House and press corps to an ice cream social. What do you say? We'll make sure there's plenty of your favorite flavors. It's yours, Scott, CEO of Dippin' Dots. Brilliant. Awesome. I think really cool Brilliant. Moment. And then Spicer. Makes me like him a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I liked the, the Dippin' Dots response a lot. And then Spicer's. I what mean, do you look, do? It's, I, I get it's, it's certainly a nice thing, but I feel like he ruins it here by saying, sorry for the delay. How about we do something great for those for those out uh, those out nation and first responders. What? <laughs> the quote is, sorry for the delay. How about we do something great for those out nation, our first responders? Mm. I mean, he obviously mm-hmm. had a yeah. typo there. Yeah. But again, he's just like, well, what if we're nice to responders? And better? Yeah, okay, why okay. doesn't Dippin' Dots go to every first responder place in the nation right. and give them free ice cream? Right. I don't know. I mean, I guess, like, like, maybe we, like, raise money. It's a nice, I guess it's nice to turn around. I mean, obviously, I support giving money to the first responders. But it just, like, it was a funny moment that it was, like, he kind of ruined. It would have been funny for him to come out for the next press conference eating Dippin' Dots. That would have been funny. Yeah. Like, eating chocolate ones and saying they ran out of vanilla again. Yeah. Bastards. That would have been solid. I I mean, again, that's kind of a minor point when it comes to leading in the country. Here's kind of a major point. Um... Uh, heartbeats are imaginary. Okay, so I'm sick of sick of you saying that babies' heartbeats are real. They're not. What what are they? Unborn babies aren't alive. Okay, and ultrasounds are just tools of the patriarchy. Um, what? These are things that we just learned uh, from the Atlantic. This is amazing. Uh, this is pretty amazing. The article's headline is bad enough. How the ultrasound pushed the idea that a fetus is a person. So weird. Uh, what is a fetus then? What is it? I mean, is a um, is a smart car a car? Because that's just the beginning, really, of a car, right? So you could just say that that's not. <laughs> I just saw one yesterday that was parked outside oh, uh, next to mine, and I mean, they're this big. Yeah, they are. They're this freaking big. They're the ugliest, dumpiest little things I've ever seen in my life. I own a car that Why is would you ever... very small. Uh, not yeah. my, like and my it's about car. eight times the size but of the smart car. But it's about eight times the size of the smart car. I mean, <laughs> Come on. It's one of the smallest cars like ever been produced, yet it's yeah. still eight times still the bigger. size of the smart car. It's incredible. Uh, so they said, but its uh, subheadline is a real work of art. The technology has been used to create an imaginary heartbeat and sped up videos what? that falsely depict a response to stimulus. Are you kidding me? Uh, this is a real this article. This is a real story? It's yeah. a real story from the Atlantic. Uh, there are numerous other gems throughout this piece, such as the implication that only male doctors are allowed to use ultrasound. Ultrasound made it possible for the male doctor to evaluate the fetus without female interference. What? She writes, obviously a woman and, and a, uh, I, I would 
think maybe a slightly pro-choice woman. Really? What did you think? I, I didn't detect that. I don't know how I'm getting that, but uh, I'm going to go out on a limb there. Opponents of the heartbeat bills have pointed out that they would eliminate abortion rights almost entirely, making the procedure illegal around four weeks after fertilization. Can we stop there for one second, mm-hmm. Pat? Uh, yeah. Because this is, uh, I know we have to, we're never going to be able to get to everything here, but let's just say it was illegal only up to four weeks, and they would say that's incredibly restrictive. Mm-hmm. Would that be restrictive mm-hmm. at all? Let's just say that you had the ability for four weeks to, uh, to take a, a pill and get rid of a baby. Mm-hmm. If you made a mistake, look, everyone makes mistakes. Uh, Jeffy's made a mistake. And you don't want to punish with a baby. You don't want to punish with a baby. You're, you're, let's say the punishment of a baby is on its way. Or a, and an STD. Now, you might not know necessarily that you're pregnant, but there's obviously uh, things to um, address. Um, mm-hmm. uh, morning after type situations that when you have an unwanted uh, experience, in almost all cases, you would absolutely be able to get rid of that experience after four weeks. Mm-hmm. It's this desperate attempt to push it all the way to 40 weeks. It's just an inc- mm-hmm. it's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. We're too late. Triple eight seven seven back is the uh, number. Uh, we'll get back to this. Um, but we'll get back. This is worth second. it. And, uh, and the good thing is we pushed this break so late that we basically eliminated Jeffy time. Um, <laughs> so he's not going to have any. That's some good stuff today. No, we'll come back to it. We want to do that too. Jeffy and I were just talking about our uh, fatness, and uh, I, I was telling him I went to Sonic last night, and I um, purchased a little griller, which, which can't be good, problematic. First of all, going to Sonic at night. At 9 o'clock at night or Always so, a good choice. Always a good idea. And then, uh, but the fact that they have, there, it was a little griller, which uh, is short for little, um, makes me think it was okay, because it was it was Plus, little. after 8 o'clock? Uh, isn't it 8 o'clock at the uh, shakes or half price, right? Oh, wow. If I knew that, I would have got a shake. I'm pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 we, that actually would be an interesting uh, spoons. They actually have a bunch of little sandwiches. There's little burgers, little chicken sandwiches, uh, a little grilled cheese, a bunch of stuff like that, little breakfast ones. You can get them all day. Again, am I okay. not speaking English? Why aren't they here? <laughs> but that would be good spoons, right? You, 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 what's your feeling on Sonic food? You like it? Or I do like yeah. Sonic. I'm mm-hmm. okay. I, like, I don't okay. love everything that I get there, but most of it's pretty good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Jeffy, are you? Hey, you know, it's okay, but I mean, I got, after eight, you get the half-price shakes, I'm all in. Oh, yeah. The shakes are pretty good. I, and I'm a big as, fan of their drinks. Because they'll do the, the diet cherry limeade that I like a lot. Ooh. Oh, mm-hmm. those are good. Those are delicious. <laughs> I need a little gorilla. What? For this is, little griller. Not here. What? They're not here. I don't understand what happens. I say it, and then the food's not here. What's going on?